0: So today I was going to start off talking about Tupac. And the reason why is because T-Pain just sparked it up. T-Pain, you know, he be saying a lot of crazy shit, but he said that rappers in 2022 would run circles around Tupac or something to that effect. And then over the years, you've had niggas like Punk Master Flex, goofy ass, that Beijing ass beard on his face, loud mouth, goofy ass motherfucker. He's been constantly discrediting Tupac 20-something years after he died. You know, when it's pretty obvious he wouldn't have said half of that shit to his face because Tupac was in New York for a very long time. Tupac was outside, obviously, the whole time that he was famous and during the beefs and all that shit. So I'm sure he had his chance to speak up if he ever wanted to. And to my knowledge, it's never happened. But the Internet carries narratives like a motherfucker. So you get some of these goofy ass niggas online saying shit. And like, I'm in some hip hop based groups. I see like a lack of respect for Tupac where people get to question his gangsta. was he real? And all this other shit. And it's just it's funny to me. So I was going to address some of them things and try and put Tupac in the proper context, the character of the man that he actually was. So let's be clear. A couple things with Tupac. He was born in 1971. So, you know, that means his, his formative years were, you know, through the 70s and into the 80s, which was a real tough time in America for black folks, as it still is. But, you know, these were real divisive times where you had implementing a gang banging, You had New York City being one of the worst cities in the world. You know, you had crack hitting and all this shit. The Black Panthers, just a lot of... um. A lot of civil rights things going on and all of that. It was a big turning point in in the country, and he was he's brought up during that. He was born to you know a single mother, like a lot of people, but by all accounts, he did have a father figure, um, Matulu Shakur, and amongst others that he cited in his music, Geronimo Pratt and others. You know, because his mom was a Black Panther, she was actually arrested for um, conspiring to. I want to say bank robbery or bombing something. And, you know, she was pregnant in prison with this guy. So he came from a different cloth to begin with. Um, he went through, uh, he went through a uh, school of arts in Baltimore. So if you're keeping track, he's been in New York City and then Baltimore, Maryland. New York being a wild ass New York, Baltimore has always been one of the more, wild places in the country, whether or not people know it. The wire is very, very honest depiction of Baltimore at a certain time. Um, he goes to Baltimore and he gets in art school where he meets um Jada Pinkett, who to this day seems to be obsessed with it with him. You know, he gets off in that and learns some skills. He's always well read, even at a young age, because even though, you know, his mom had drug issues, she made sure that he was feeding his mind. And, um, you know, from there, we can skip over some stuff. I don't want to do a whole, like, chronological thing about him. But long story short, he ended up in the Bay Area messing with Digital Underground, Humpty Hump and them. And he's a roadie. Then he's background dancer. Then he hops on Same Song. And he hopped on Same Song, and he was a standout. People didn't know who he was. He's got this name that he uses that's not like a rap name. Sounds very... You know, ethnic, but it's his actual name. I know he was born with a different name. A lot of the the naysayers like to bring up that he is born. Lee Sane crooks. OK, his name was Tupac Shakur. So that, that's a name that if you're a teacher and you see that on your class list, you're like, you know, that's a different name. It's not Mike Scott. Tupac Shakur is very noticeable. Um, He put his first album out in 1991. And I want y'all to pay attention to this. He put his first album out in 1991 and he died in 1996. So we're in 2022, all these years later, all these opinions, all this impact. We're talking about a guy who was in the public eye for five years and maybe more like four, four years, four and a half years, because he didn't become, you know, the big Tupac that he was when he died until you know, a couple years in, but, you know, he did movies. He did Above the Rim. He did Juice. A lot of people to this day still think they're Bishop, you know? He did all that. In between that time, he goes to prison, he gets out, he jumps over with Suge and them, Death Row Records. He's mashing on everybody. He gets killed. So a couple things that happened in between all of that. That you have to realize is, Tupac actually shot two off-duty cops in Atlanta. Now, the arguments I see online about that not counting, if you want to say towards his gangsterism, is they're like, oh, he didn't know they were cops. Okay, that's fair. They're off-duty. He probably didn't know that they were cops. But as the story goes, he saw two white men harassing a black man in traffic. And he shot him. That can't be disputed. He shot one in the ass, shot one in the abdomen. One of them actually won a two million dollar settlement after he died. Nineteen ninety eight. Uh, one of the cops he shot did get a settlement. Um, the fact that people try and say, "Well, he didn't know that they were cops," so that doesn't matter. You know, I think that says a lot about a need to discredit. Because I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to like big up no violence, but all the shit we go through in this country is black folks. I can guarantee you that if every time a white person had accosted a black person or multiple white people accosted singular black people, if someone would have ran up on them and started busting, I don't think we'd be where we are today. I think that a lot of this shit would have calmed down. We wouldn't have had the Ahmaud Aubrey's and all that type of shit with this white vigilanteism. That's still very, very prevalent and growing in this country if more people went the Tupac route. And now we're in the information age, so instead of pulling out a gun and shooting, they're going to pull out a camera and record it, you know. But now when you get to talking about Tupac's actual skill in rapping, um, I hear people say he he wasn't that good of a rapper. Well, everyone has their standards as to what's like make somebody dope in rap. Um, The people that say Tupac wasn't a good rapper, I think that they're more of the backpack niggas or the, you know, lyrical miracle. He wasn't that. The nigga wasn't a lyrical miracle nigga. But what made Tupac a great rapper was passion. It was it was the conviction with which his words were spoken. The things he said, you know, young kids. Growing up in a time where Tupac, where Me Against the World was out, we heard that music different. You know what I'm saying? We heard that shit from the soul. And that's why Tupac was such an influence on so many of us and why he continues to influence rappers you have out now. It's a, it's, it's, more than a couple rappers, I think, that could make a song like Hit em Up and that could make a song like Dear Mama But I don't think there's too many of them that could deliver both of these messages with the same fiery output as Tupac did. Because when he was mashing or hit him up, you could feel the venom in his voice. And when he was showing love and, you know, basically crying out on songs like Dear Mama and Brendan's Got a Baby, you could hear the compassion and you could hear the pain in his voice. And that's because he meant what he said. And I don't think a lot of these rappers now or in history could do that both ways. Most of them can do one thing. Tupac was a human. He gave off human emotion unapologetically. And that's what made him great. Now, if you want to look at what rappers looked like before Tupac and look at them after Tupac, first thing you'll notice is the tattoos because... You know, I remember I got my first tattoo in, I don't want to say the year. I was 12 years old, though. And the only people I knew that had tattoos at that time was me, Tupac, and motorcycle gangs. And maybe, like, Navy people that had the anchor tattooed on them. Niggas wasn't getting tattooed and shit back then like that. Look at them now. Look at all the, even Tupac didn't have face tattoos, but it's an evolution. Look at how many people you know with face tats, sleeves, leg sleeves, body sleeves, whole body tatted. That didn't exist before Tupac. That's his influence. The bandana. You know, that's that's a gang thing also, but the bandana was real prevalent with Tupac. He was really rocking it like that at a point where no one else was doing it. So you got to give him the credit for that. It's like people, in hindsight... Go back and judge every move that this guy made when, mind you, like I said, he was only really famous for about five years and he died at 25. So from 20 to 25, they're judging his whole life 20 some years later, actually what, 26 years later. So 26 years later, after a 25 year old gets killed, then you hear you have people saying he was stupid for fucking with sugar. and. He, he wasn't a real gangster and all this other stuff. Well, was he stupid for fucking with Suge? I don't know. Because I think that most people, if they were sitting in prison for something they don't feel like they did, and they had a way out, and they had a way to make money to get out, and they didn't have to tell on nobody, I think a lot of people would have signed that napkin that he signed when Suge came to Clinton Correctional in New York to get him out. So was he stupid? I don't know. Did he go too far? Yeah. He did go too far, but that's what Tupac was. He was a habitual line stepper. Everything he did, he went too far. He was always in the news for being controversial. He got into a fight with the Hughes brothers. He was supposed to be a men in society. He just that's what he was. But he was that without trying to be something else. Now, he was also a chameleon because he he could recite Shakespeare. He wrote poetry. But he also shot at police. He also was around gang members. He also was around thugs. So he was a little bit of everything. But people think that you have to be one thing. He just was real good at showing his true self. And I think a lot of people are so fake within themselves. They can't imagine a motherfucker being that real. Keep in mind, he comes from a Black Panther heritage. and, And it's a heritage where they're at their height. His mom and them, you know, uh, the the BLA, the Black Liberation Army. These are people that are top 10 America's most wanted fugitives at a time. These are people that were pressing the line on civil rights on some shit that Malcolm X would have done. Had he, you know, pressed play on a lot of a shit, they were pressing those lines. The Black Panther were considered to be the biggest domestic threat. To the country at the time, and not to say that they were evil at all, nothing near that. But you know, the powers that be, the government, they get very afraid when they see people loking up, planning up, and doing shit. And they destroyed the Black Panthers so terribly where they locked everybody up, killed everybody that wasn't locked up, that it, it scared niggas out of change. So, when you're getting raised up in the shadow of that. You may tend to be different. And and he was. Tupac was a different dude. The fact that there's so many people that all these years later they have something to say, they want to change the narrative. Um, especially people like fuck Master Flex. Uh, imagine Imagine being judged on your entire life between a five-year span when you were famous as hell, you know, you had money, you had a whole you know, community of people hanging on your every word, that's a lot to shoulder. At my age, that would be a lot to shoulder. At that age, it's next to impossible. So all the things he went through publicly, all the things that he did, all the mistakes that he made, we put a microscope on it, and we want to, you know, double back and criticize him. Well, Tupac is loved in this country. Tupac's loved in other countries. There's murals of him around the world. There's so many people in the world that have tattoos of Tupac. There's so many people that have his lyrics tattooed on them. Now, this fake-ass actor, fake gangster, fake gang member that y'all want to depict, I want to know what person that's a fraud has that much of an impact this many years later. To such a wide audience of people. White, black, Mexican, Chinese, overseas, domestic. You know, I think sometimes you have to take a step back and just appreciate greatness. Tupac was greatness. I see the same things happen with athletes. Like, you know, it's always Michael Jordan versus LeBron. Well, when you think about what Michael Jordan did at the time he did it. And I don't mean politically. I mean, just with the game of basketball. It was... It it changed everything. Everyone wanted to be like Mike. You know, I could remember playing basketball with the homies, and what'd you say when you shoot that J? Jordan. Everyone said it. You know what I'm saying? So they try to discredit him. Oh, he doesn't do enough for the black community. Oh, he said the thing about Republicans buy sneakers, too. They tried to even blame him on uh, investing in private prisons, which it was actually an old white guy with the same name. Same thing they do to LeBron. You know, whatever it is that he does... They criticize it. I see with the Brittany Griner shit going on where a whole bunch of people are like, oh, LeBron, they would have went freedom. And then I just saw where they put, um, you know, LeBron's salary that he makes actually more than the entire WNBA and are criticizing him for that. Well, LeBron don't have the biggest contract in basketball. Steph Curry makes more than all of them does, too. But LeBron James, the lightning rod. They're under that microscope for the criticism. And I'm sure everyone that you know, does something great, understands that that comes along with it. But the, the extent that people go to to discredit our heroes is 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 mind-blowing to me. You know, growing up with a lot, growing up with nothing but your word or your talent or your group of friends, um, we need heroes. We need people to look up to that are going to make us see that we may have some inside ourselves that we could actually touch greatness as well. If there wasn't a Michael Jordan, I'm not so sure that LeBron James would have fell in love with basketball the way he did, you know? If there wasn't a Tupac, I'm not so sure a lot of these rappers would have the balls to say some of the things that they say. So i say all that to say, appreciate greatness while we're here. We're the only ones that go back and rewrite history that's beneficial to us. We'll go slap our own greats down just to press a narrative. And it gets worse by the year. The more prevalent social media it gets, everybody got something to say. Niggas like Funk Flex is the worst, though, because he knows all this. And he's really he's washed up. He's in the middle of the ocean. He's trying to grab onto a lifesaver because he's irrelevant. Even, you know, the artist in his own city, shout out to Conway. Well, he you know, he's from Buffalo, but from New York. Conway calls him out on his shit. He's got a problem with them now. He's just a big bag of air that's been around too long. So whoever pays flex as far as like his opinion on music and him being on the radio, I think y'all should look in the mirror and take him out back. You know what I'm saying? Let let him do his car shows. Let him still prosper and do his things. And he did have a lot of good contributions to hip-hop culture, but right now he's just like a washed-up old nigga trying to hang on to his last little bit of credibility, and he's doing a terrible job. So, say all that to say, rest in peace, Tupac Shakur, one of the greatest. One of the greatest rappers, one of the greatest examples of making use of your time, following your dreams, and pressing play on shit unapologetically. One of the greats Forever. You know, talking about Tupac, it makes me kind of think about what we have as far as music today. And like I said, there's not really a lot of comparisons to what he actually does, but one person that I see that I can kind of draw a parallel to, and it doesn't really have nothing to do with the music, but more of the personality and how closely people follow what he says and does... um, you know, and then this nigga even has fans that are a hundred times more present than Tupac fans ever were, but NBA young boy. And I gotta say, he's, he's really a controversial figure. He doesn't says a lot of shit and you know, he's, he's kind of always in trouble. He's always got something going on and stuff, but it's not really any denying his impact. And, one thing I'll say first is NBA Youngboy's been around since about 2015. We're in 2022, so seven years. Let me go back and say Tupac was famous for five, just to put that in perspective. Um, but that's not to compare the two. It's just to put the Tupac thing in perspective. But in the seven years of him being you know, semi-famous up until famous, um, he's done a lot of big stuff. And he's he's a very, very controversial dude. But whether you like him or not, um, you can't deny his impact. First and foremost, he's the king of YouTube. He outstreams everybody on YouTube. So, you know, he's getting his money from there. And then just recently put an album out and he passed Beyonce in like two days, which is unheard of. And this is somebody that is purposely not made to be mainstream because he's so controversial. He's, you know, he's a habitual line stepper, just like Tupac was. This dude, he beefs with everybody. And I actually respect that about him because he likes to let it be known when he fucks with someone and when he doesn't. And someone does something he doesn't respect, he, he says something. And whether or not you like him, I think that's honest. So you could agree with the reasons or not, but I do respect that. I do respect it. He seems like he's pretty transparent about letting niggas know how you feel about him. Now, I do think that he starts a lot of shit. I think he's a lot smarter than he gets credit for. I think he understands how to move the needle. And I think that could be a reason why he says and does some of the things he does and beefs with some of the people he beefs with. But it's transparent. Now, as far as his actual music, it's kind of like he does a lot of melodic shit and I think what stands out the most is he—he's real aggressive with when he says shit. It's like high energy, rapid fire. The pace that he raps at with is real. Is you know I can kind of relate hit the way he raps to like a, a gun going off, and not like that he's a super fast rapper or a tongue twister, but it's just like very very impactful when he speaks, and I think people um, gravitate towards that because it just seems you know, genuine. Now, the other thing I spoke on about his fan base, let me tell you something, man, these people, they put the, they put the barbs to shame. They put the beehive to shame. This this nigga's fan base is maniacs. I honestly think that, that one of them would actually kill behind somebody not getting along with him. I can remember one of them ran up on, in a leap in the airport try to swing on them like these motherfuckers is crazy and you can get on any post on Instagram and if the post has anything to do with a rapper he don't get along with say little dirt cuz that's the most high profile thing there's a post that say Vlad TV or The shade room post little Dirk. you're going to see so many comments that say why be better young boy is better that's their catchphrase and they don't they don't say nothing else they just put that everywhere and it's almost scary for somebody of his age you know him being a a younger person in his 20s um i think he's 22 for him to be that young and have that kind of impact on people it could speak to the reason he is the way he is because you don't really understand how to handle that kind of shit at that age and it's, like i said some people would never understand But if you remember the movie Malcolm X when they were outside of the police station or the hospital and they were telling them to disperse. You remember the time where Denzel was like he put his hand up and then he pointed and everyone walked off. It's like that kind of power. And in the wrong hands is very dangerous in the hands of a powerful person is very powerful. And I'm not sure what NBA young boy is. I won't judge him, given he's only about 22 years old. Um, Very, very successful for his age um, for what he's doing. I did see that he just failed a drug test. He's always got legal issues going on, but it's for weed. I'm sure people going to get on the internet and judge him and call him stupid and shit. Weed need to be legalized, man. It's a joke. We can't be over here crying tears about Brittany Griner getting nine years in Russia when we have people in this country that are sitting out life sentences for two ounces of weed 20 years ago. We need to get that taken off. All of that shit needs to go. So, if you fail the weed drug test, you know I am a proponent of cannabis. It has a great usage. It has a great um help to a lot of people going through a lot of different things. I think some people actually need it. Um, somebody has high blood pressure. You wouldn't criticize them for taking high blood pressure medication. So, when people, a lot of people smoke weed. Man, it's to deal with anxiety. It's to deal with depression, and it helps them. So. Keep that in mind before you want to go step on his neck about filling a weed test. It's bullshit to begin with. But shout out to NBA young boy. Hopefully, you know, the path he's on continues as far as the success. Hopefully he can step away from some of the controversy so that he could live a long, successful life. And, you know, that it doesn't end the way. Tupac.